Good evening and welcome to our evening broadcast. I'm excited about spending some time with you, sharing some things out of the Word of God, but first let's pray. God of heaven and earth, we thank you for all of your blessings. We thank you for your love, your salvation, your redemption. Help us to follow you and to learn of you. Keep us safe during these times and uh, help us to use this time to our advantage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this week, as last week, we are going to be studying eternity. Um, it was just too big of a topic to fit into one week. It's kind of everlasting. Uh, but we decided not to go on forever about eternity. We're just going to do two weeks on eternity. So, um, I hope you're enjoying this. I really am. It's it's great to hear about what we were created for and what our destiny is and um, to to study the hope, as Sister Debbie talked about, um, of eternity and, and to keep that in our focus. So tonight, it's my job to talk about fear. Well, I thought fear was one of our first weeks in the globe, in the after the pandemic hit and and now we're talking about eternity but um a lot of people myself included um have had and do sometimes struggle with fear of the unknown and that can rob us of that hope so my my job tonight is to talk to us talk with us some about that fear of the unknown and some ways to dispel that so as we've studied, uh, God created us for eternity. He put us in a garden and called it good. It was a good place. Um, there was there was no thorns and thistles. We know that those came from um, from after. Uh, there was no labor and childbearing. Women, hallelujah. Um, it was just a good place. There were there were trees that didn't. They needed tending somehow, but it wasn't a a bad task. It wasn't hard. It didn't fight you, so to speak. Um, but then we broke it, as as some of the others have talked about. Uh, Genesis three. We only spent two Bible chapters in the garden, and then the rest of the Bible is about the broken world. So now we have as part of our being fear. And one of the things we as Christians commonly fear is that we won't make it to heaven. Um, that our eternity will be bad. Our eternity will be in uh, the bad place or down under, and that's not Australia. We've our, our society has made hell a bad word. Um, H-E double hockey sticks. And uh, I remember in Sunday school, oftentimes when we would mention heaven and then, and then mention hell, um, the children would often, oh, you can't, you're not supposed to say that. Because um, it, it's a bad word. It's a, it's a bad thing. And, um, there's, there's something though about we don't need to focus on hell. 
just like I, as a music director, I, I steer away from songs, and these aren't so much being published now, but 70s and 80s, um, there were there were some songs written about the devil, um, and, and we don't need to be singing songs about the devil. God conquered and is conquering the devil, and uh, we need to sing songs about God, but if we're not careful, we can focus on the bad more than we focus on the good. So it's a balance, um, as we've been talking about in, in our small groups. A lot of things are balance, and, and we have to be careful. The other side, though, is that if we don't ever talk about hell and, uh, and, and talk about what the Bible does say about it, we can have this big kind of amorphous, um, scary thing that we don't know anything about. And facts are how I personally dispel fear. The, the word of God is how I dispel fear. So um, tonight we're going to talk about how this fear of the unknown robs us of hope. Uh, I remember as a child sometimes, and I don't know that I ever told my parents this, but um, I remember sometimes if if my mom would go outside or or we lived right next to the church. So if she went over to the church without telling me and I, I would look around and my mom wasn't there. And I would look outside to see if the car was gone because if the car was gone, I knew she had just gone somewhere. But if the car was there and my mom was gone, I would race around the house looking for my mom or, or get this awful feeling in, in my pit of my stomach that, oh no, the rapture's coming, I've missed it. And I have a feeling that just about every child raised in a in a godly home probably felt that at some point or another because we're taught that you want to make it to heaven and and you don't want to miss heaven you don't want to miss the rapture um so a, another funny story that exemplifies this is one time i wasn't here yet so it was a very long time ago and one of the saints i'm not even sure who it was forgot to set their clock back i believe at, at daylight saving time end and so they got to church an hour early and no one was there and they got quite frightened and ended up on on the pastor's doorstep knocking on the door to see if they were there because it's not just children that have this fear so let's talk about that fear and what the bible does say about hell and in, at the same time, what, what God does intend for us. So I don't have time to read all these, obviously, as you'll see, but the most repeated command in the Bible, more than any of the Ten Commandments, more than uh, even honor God, you know, no other gods before me, or more than thou shalt not covet, more than love your neighbor as yourself is fear not some people have said that there are 365 of those one for every day of the year i don't know if that stands up once you translate it um or or you take it back to the original language i can't say that for sure but that's a lot it's somewhere around 365 and that's a lot of fear not god does not want us to fear he doesn't need us to fear, and in fact, fearing, in kind of a catch-22 sort of way, um, 
fear is not pleasing to him. So then you're scared you're not pleasing him. But that's not what we're going for here. God doesn't want us to fear. The, the scripture in 1 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, and I'm not going to read it all, but it talks about fathers, what kind of father or mother would, instead of giving their child bread, would give them a stone. Here, Johnny, here's your dinner. Have this rock. No. Um, and if they, if they ask for a fish, which in that era was, we still do eat fish, but they fish a lot more. They were, they were a seaside people. Um, if, if they ask for a fish, you give them a snake. No, good fathers aren't going to do that. And then the point is if, if we as sinful creatures, as sinful parents know how to give our children good gifts, God is not going to give us, uh, bad things. He knows how to give good gifts to us as well. He's a perfect heavenly father. Um, Matthew 25 verse 41 talks about hell and it says that it is an eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Hell wasn't prepared for us. God didn't um, come up with this evil thing nasty thing that he was going to punish us with if we didn't do just right. He actually created it for for the devil and his demons. I have five children, as you mostly probably know, and uh, usually I pick on Caleb because he's just kind of the most ornery one. He's easy to pick on. So tonight I'll pick on Vincent. With my children, uh, I don't go around and and say, Vincent, if you become an arsonist, I'm not going to bail you out of jail. I don't say to Marcus, Marcus, if you steal cars, I'm not going to be able to help you. No, I, I don't focus on that. I don't remind them of that. And I love them and I provide for them and I help them and I want them to do good. And I assume that it's going to be okay. That's why I think that the Bible actually doesn't talk about hell that much. And uh, again, in a, in a warped kind of way, that makes us even more scared because we don't know that much about it. But God didn't make hell for us. He didn't create us for hell. And he wants us to have good things. There's a famous sermon in literature by a, a uh, early reverend named Jonathan Edwards in, in Puritan American times uh, called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And you hear of, of people like clinging to the, to the poles of the place, um, trying to, you know, in, in case the floor opens up and, and just trying to scare people. I've been in sermons like that and I, I hate that because that's not what God intended for us. God is a God that came from heaven and died on an awful nasty cross so that we could be saved. And that's what he wants for us. And if he wants that, if he 
went to that extreme to save us, I have to believe that if I'm doing something wrong, he's going to tell me about it. If I am in communication with him and I'm listening to his voice, he's going to help me along the way. He's not out to get me. He's not Zeus with a thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. Lightning bolt. I always say that wrong. He's not Zeus with a lightning bolt just waiting for me to make a, a mistake so he can zap me. No, God is a God of love and mercy, and he's created heaven for us. He created heaven, and we're going to be talking about that again over the next week. He wants us to be in eternity with him, not separated from him. So, I want us to focus on our hope in heaven and not fear and not concentrate on the bad side of things, but to concentrate on this hope of being with Jesus. Won't that be amazing when we're with Jesus all the time? Well, again, there's no time, but forever. I want to read Romans 8, 31 through 39, and this is a bit lengthy, but it's it's so uplifting. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4 also talk about the hope of eternal life. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. At the very beginning, as I mentioned, at the very beginning of COVID and at the beginning of the quarantine, we talked about fear and how fear is not what God wants for us. 
And I want to tag back into that. I'm sure those, those are still online. If you want to go back, I think it was uh, actually the first week in that we did digital broadcast. So it would have been in, in March, March 8th, around in there, um, that we talked about fear and how fear is not what we, what God wants for us. I have, uh, because of, of that theme, I put like six or seven days worth of songs, so six or seven songs on the playlist, and those are still there. Fear is a liar is one of them. And um, it's just not what God wants for us to, to go around fearful, either of what's coming tomorrow or of eternity. There's, again, all these fear knots in the Bible. And it's something I have to work on. I tend to be a tentative, timid, fearful person. And um, that isn't what God intended for me. And it isn't what God intended for you. So let's spend our time hoping for heaven, looking forward to the eternity we get to spend with him. And know that the Bible does refer to hell. It does talk about hell, and it's not a place that I want to go. But I can also trust that God doesn't want me to go there either. And he has instead a, a place that I can't imagine what it's like. The best I can imagine, it's better than that. And I think the main point of that is that we're finally with Jesus. And I'm so looking forward to that. So let's focus on that and not be fearful. Have a good evening.